fun fact about Stephen. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. It's like from when he was a kid. I hope it's not embarrassing. Sorry if it is, Stephen. But he called his favorite cereal was Captain Crunch, but he called it Crap and Crunch because he couldn't say it right. So he always wanted Crap and Crunch. So that's what we call it at my house. We call it Crap and Crunch because Stephen couldn't say it right. So if you guys want to turn to Luke chapter 16 to get started tonight. And I apologize, uh, there is lots of stuff in my head right now, and I'm pretty sure it worked today. A patient thought I was crying because my eyes watered super bad, and my voice was like this because I was getting ready to have a coughing attack, and he just looked really concerned, and I had to make a fake excuse to like run out of the room and go cough really quick and come back to him. But anyways, if that happens tonight, sorry. So tonight we're going to keep talking about our Fruit Loop series, so we're talking about patience, kindness, and goodness. So you could alternatively title this, How to Deal with Being Back in School. When I talked to you guys, I'm done with school. I'm super done with school. Done with high school, done with college. I'm done with all the schools, right? But when I talked to you guys and I said, are you excited about going back to school? Every single person that I asked said no. And when I said why, you guys said, because I just don't want to deal with the people. I don't feel like dealing with the people. And there are days we wake up and we don't feel like dealing with the people. But the fact of the matter is, life is about people. You're around people every day, all day long at school. And then you come home and you're around more people known as your family, right? You're around them. You come to church. You're around people. And then when you get out of school and you think you're finally free, you get a job. If you're like me, you get a job with 10 ladies. 10 ladies. I'm not trying to steer you in a certain direction about your job. I'm just saying sometimes if you have six or more ladies, it can get really hairy really fast, okay? That's just what I'm going to say about that. But our life is filled with people. So rather than think to ourselves, I really don't want to deal with so-and-so today, I would really rather not go to work and deal with my favorite person today Let's change the way we look at it because one thing that's awesome about the fruit of the Spirit is we can use it to change the way that we see people. And please know that as I was studying for this message, God was dealing with me about this too because I too wake up and sometimes think, man, I just don't feel like dealing with so-and-so today, right? So this whole message, I want you to think in your mind right now, that person at school that you can't stand, the one that sits by you in every class because for some reason they think you're friends and you're just like, I have never indicated to you that I like you or want to be around you, so why do you keep approaching me and sitting with me? Think about that person tonight, okay? Think about that person in this whole message. So I want to point out here, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And you know, just like we don't wake up every day feeling like we want to deal with people, Jesus didn't wake up every day feeling like he wanted to deal with people. But you know what? I'm really glad that he didn't wake up on the day he was supposed to be crucified and just decide he didn't feel like dealing with it today. I don't feel like dealing with these people. I don't feel like dealing with what they're going to put me through. No, he didn't wake up always feeling like he wanted to deal with people. But the difference was he chose to treat them with love anyway. What Anzi talked to us last week about love and joy and peace. So these next three tonight, we're really going to focus in on patience, kindness, and goodness when it comes to other people. And You know, in that verse in Luke, it says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. So 
Sometimes when we're thinking about people we don't like, we're not thinking of them as lost. We're thinking of them as annoying. We're thinking of them as trashy. We're thinking of them as really irritating. We're thinking of them as arrogant. We're thinking of them as mean. But the fact of the matter is they're lost people. They might act annoying. It's because they're lost. They might act arrogant. They might act rude. It's because they're lost. And you know, lost people are rarely lost by choice. Anytime I have ever been lost, it has not been by choice. My most embarrassing story of ever being lost I got my driver's license, and then like two weeks later, I got my job. So I had just started driving. I had this approach. I know a lot of you are learning to drive, so listen. I had this approach where I thought I could pretty much take any street and eventually end up where I need to be. That is extremely false. All roads do not lead to Rome. So (laughs) I've been at my job like a couple weeks. I was 16 years old. I was working with all adults, so I was a little intimidated. (laughs) And one day, they gave me the simple task of going to get Panera for lunch. I was supposed to go pick it up, bring it back for everyone to eat. So I won't get into the details of what happened, but I ended up in Shively, which is not close to Clarksville. I crossed the bridge, went, was, called my mom, going, Mom, Mom, I'm supposed to be in Clarksville. I'm crossing the river. What do I do? What do I do? And then she's like, well, where are you? And I was like, well, I just, I just took the Shively exit. And you know they call that Lively Shively for a reason. She's like, honey, you need to get back on the interstate. Just look for the interstate signs. So anyways, I was extremely lost. Here's how the story ended. I finally made it to Clarksville, (laughs) came back to work. The lunch break had ended, and everyone was already back to work, and they didn't get to eat that day. (laughs) And I cried. (laughs) That was the first time I ever cried at work um, because I, I was lost, and it wasn't by choice. Here's another fun fact. When I started to drive, I wanted a GPS, and my mom said, no, you can't get a GPS. You need to learn how to get around without one. Well, shortly after that incident, I got a GPS. So I guess she really was underestimating my ability to get lost. But you know what? I was lost, and I did not mean to be lost. I was thinking I was going to Panera, and I ended up in the West End somewhere. I was lost, and it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it on purpose, D. I wish I hadn't told that story now in front of you. All right. I I was lost, and I I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't mean to do that. That's not where I was trying to go, but that's where I ended up. And, you know, that's how lost people are. They're not trying to be a mess. They're not trying to be irritating. They're not trying to have a life that's falling apart. But they're at that destination by fault because they don't have Jesus. So just keep that in mind. You know, when you think of those people who are so irritating, Rather than think to yourself, gosh, they're such a know-it-all. They're so weird. They're so rude. No, they're lost. They might be those other things, but they're that way because they're lost. And that's not by their choice. And we know how to help get them unlost, right? So let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. We'll check out the fruit real quick. And we're going to start in verse 22. I might have just dripped water in that. Sorry, but oops. Sorry about that. That was me. If it has issues, I'm sorry. Alrighty. Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two, and this is from the New Living. Pretty much every verse that I read tonight will be from the New Living translation. And it says, "But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, and peace." 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So like I said a minute ago, we're going to look at these fruit tonight to show us how we need to think about people. If we want to affect people the way that Jesus did, these fruit are going to be our major keys tonight. This is how we do it. Jesus didn't just preach, the Bible says, with convincing words. He wasn't just witty. He wasn't just personable. He wasn't just nice. No, he walked in the power of God, but he also walked in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And those things are attractive. Why? Because we don't find those things all the time. That really irritating person I told you to think about all night tonight, they're probably not walking in these fruits. They're not full of love or kindness or patience or humility. That's why we don't like them, right? You People are not going to like us. But, you know, people, people loved Jesus and they were drawn to Jesus. And it's because of these qualities that he had in his life. So we're actually going to start tonight with talking about kindness and goodness. And when I was thinking, when I first started thinking about this, first of all, I'll tell you, I was happy I didn't get meekness. Evan is going to have to help us with that next week because I was like, meekness, huh? Meekness? I think it means humility, but I'm not really sure. It's kind of vague. So, But when I started thinking about these, I thought, well, goodness, kindness and goodness, kindness and goodness. They're, I mean, aren't they kind of the same thing? But when I got to thinking about it, this is what I came up with, that kindness speaks to your actions while goodness speaks to your motives and your intentions. And in Romans, we can turn to Romans chapter 2, please. Romans chapter 2. Verse 4, and we're going to read it first in the New Living. It says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? If we read it in a different translation, it says, don't you know that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So there's both of our words, kindness and goodness. And this says that it is the kindness of of God that leads us to repentance. And you know, that's what's going to help our friends. That's what's going to help those people that are so irritating. It's kindness that makes them want to change. It's kindness that makes them want to be different. It's kindness that will cause them to be drawn to you. If you're wondering why that really weird person keeps sitting by you, well, maybe it's because they see something in you, right? People are drawn to these things. And it says, don't you know that this kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So that's a key. When we're thinking about reaching other people in our schools and ministering to them and, and being a light, whatever you want to call it, kindness is what encourages people to turn from their sin. Kindness is what motivates them. When you see the love of God and you see the kindness of God, it's irresistible. You can't resist that. Why? Because that's the only place it can be found, right? We can't find unconditional love anywhere except in the love of God. And when we see that, it, it encourages us to turn from our sin and change our lives. And it'll do that in the lives of your friends. You know, um, I've been just in some situations around young people. And, you know, a lot of the 15-year-olds I meet were very different than I was when I was 15. And they're facing really big issues. They're involved in very, very physical relationships. And, you know, instead of thinking of those people as trashy 
or dirty. Let's show them kindness because that's what is going to motivate them to change. That's what's going to make them want to be different. The kindness and the goodness that we show them, God will use that in your life. He'll use the kindness. You just smile and be sweet to that trashy girl who tries to talk to you. Just smile and be sweet to that weird, annoying guy who sits by you because your kindness is going to motivate them to turn from their sin. And like I said earlier, I believe kindness speaks to your actions. So we would describe how you treat someone as kind. If you're kind to them, you're nice. You don't act like they're irritating. You let them sit with you at lunch. Whatever you do, kind is being kind. It's being nice, right? But goodness speaks to your intentions. And sometimes we've got to watch because we can be kind to people without really being good towards them in our heart. And I'll share um, a story from my own life. Um, we had a young lady who was at our church several years ago, and she, <laughs> she was more fun than a bucket of kittens. We'll describe her that way. She was hilarious, but she was very different than almost anyone here. She had some major emotional um, um, handicaps, we could say, and some, some mental things that were maybe a little bit different about her. She normally didn't smell good. She was normally always trying to get you to buy her food, <laughs> even though the girl ate. She, I mean, she would tell me everything she ate that day, and then she'd be like, yeah, I'm hungry. Do you want to go eat? And I'm like, how can you be hungry? She, you know, she's, she's was always in situations for what she could get out of them. And the more that I was around her, the more I realized that was because that's how her family taught her to be. That was all she had seen in life was living off of other people. So, Anyways, this girl had been coming to our church, and she had gotten saved, and she was, like I said, hilarious. And so I would go pick her up a lot of times and either bring her to church or take her home after church, or she would call me and, you know, be really upset or something on a Saturday, and I'd go get her, and we'd go eat. So this had been going on for probably a couple of months, and (laughs) one day I was coming home from dropping her off, and I was just so frustrated. I was just tired of it. I felt drained after being with her. Um, I just was thinking, like, why is no one else doing this? Like, we have a whole church full of people. Why do I have to pick her up all the time? Why is it only me buying her food? Like, come on, people. I know she smells bad, but she's funny. Like, just be sweet to her. Like, she's making improvements in her life. She's getting better every day. And the Holy Ghost interrupted my thoughts and said, you feel that way because you're not doing this out of love for her. You're doing this to check a good deed off of your list. And I immediately just started to cry because he was exactly right. I was doing that stuff for her to feel good about myself and to call myself a good Christian. Oh, I went and picked this poor girl up. You know, you know, she has a rough background. I'm just going to be sweet to her. Y'all buy her food, you know, whatever. But I wasn't doing it out of love for her. And in the car that day, I just cried and I said, Father, I, I want to love her. Help me to love her. Show me to love her. And you know, He did, and after that day, I never felt like it was a burden to go get her again. And you know what? I'll point out, I was not the only one going to get her. I was throwing a pity party and lying to myself. There were other people who were reaching out to her, but here I am sitting, you know, sitting there telling myself, I'm the only one, like... I got to drive her around like all the time. She lives really far away from me. And that wasn't even true. There were other people who also went and picked her up and also went and fed her meals. But because I was doing it with the wrong motivation, I was frustrated. It was 
hard to love her and not be irritated by her because my heart wasn't right towards her. I was not doing that out of love. I wasn't doing that out of the love of God. I wasn't trying to show her that I cared and that our church cared. I was trying to check my box and say that I did something good for somebody who needed it, and that wasn't right. And as soon as I made that adjustment in my heart, I was never frustrated by her again, and I was never irritated by her again because my motivation was love now. I saw her as God saw her. I saw what she could be. I didn't see what she was. I saw what her future could be. And you know, that's how we've got to look at people. God doesn't see us as we are. Thank goodness. He sees us as what we can be. You know, when we all went back to camp this year, I was thinking about this. Pastor Jordan was talking about cutting weight and we all did that last year. But how many of us showed up back to camp with some of that same weight put back on those very same issues we gave up last year, we had picked up again throughout the year. And you know, God, he wasn't upset with us. He wasn't mad at us. He was so gracious and he loved us so much. He was willing to set us free again. And you know, we need to do that for other people. When those people around us who are, you know, making commitments to do something good and it lasts about a week, you know, those people that we bring to church and we think they're going to get plugged in, but then they fall away after a couple of weeks. Instead of being frustrated and saying, why don't they get it? What's, what's wrong with them? Why don't they get it? No, we need to love them. And we just need to encourage them because a lot of us have been privileged enough to grow up in a setting where we really know a lot about the Bible and a lot about God. And we know why it's really important to come to church. Other people don't. They're like, what's the big deal? Why do I need to go to church all the time? Like, you know, I'd rather sleep in on Sunday. That's because they're lost. They're lost people. And if we want to help them be found people, we're going to have to be kind. We're going to have to be good. And we're going to have to be patient. So let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 16. And it says, But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his, excuse me, of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. And so Paul was saying here, <laughs> did Paul write this or did Timothy write this? <laughs> Okay, for a second I was like, wait a second, he wrote it to Timothy, right? Okay, all right, well, anyways, next time I'll just keep that thought in my head. It says, God had mercy on me so he could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, something that I've just really tried to do, I can't even tell you who preached this message, but I heard someone preach it one time and they said, you've got to change the way that you look at people. If you struggle with patience and kindness and goodness, change the way that you look at people. And you've got to realize that when you see someone who's struggling, you've got to start seeing yourself. And here's what I mean by that. When I see that trashy girl who will sleep with anyone just to feel loved, I see me. And when I see that kid who's already messing his life up with drugs and he's 15, I see me, you know, because... The only difference between that person and me is that I know Jesus. 
and there's no telling where we would be if we didn't know him, you know. So when you look at those people that you can't stand, you've just got to start seeing yourself and look at them and say, hey, the only difference between me and them is I've got Jesus. I also had really good parents, so (laughs) that helped me too, but where would we be without him? You know, we've got to start realizing the only reason that we know what we do is because we're so privileged to be in a wonderful church and we're so privileged to know Jesus and know his love and we already know the good life. Those people are looking for the good life. They're lost, but they're looking for it and we already know it. So when we see those people, you've just got to start seeing yourself because that's where we would be without Jesus. However, We know how to get them from where they are to where they need to be, and that is Jesus, and that is patience and kindness and goodness. And, you know, the Bible tells us that heaven rejoices when somebody gets saved. When somebody comes to know Jesus, heaven rejoices rather than saying, it's about time. And, you know, sometimes that's our, our, our issue. And sometimes people maybe who have left the church and decided to come back, it's easy to look at those people and say, well, it's about time. We've been here all along. Where have you been? But the Bible says heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. It doesn't say, well, it took you long enough. Heaven just is saying, hey, we're glad you're here. We're so excited that you're here with us. And that's got to be our attitude about new people. You know, as our church grows and grows and grows, we're going to have all kinds of people in here. We're going to have people who come in really smelly. We're going to have people who come in and and girls who are going to be dressed really trashy. And we're going to have people who are going to say the F word really loudly at like an inappropriate time it's all right man let's just rejoice hey they're here we're so excited that you're here it doesn't matter what you feel like and what you look like we are just excited that you're here and that's where it comes back to being good having a really good intention on the inside of us and our intentions are love and our intentions are joy and peace and kindness towards that person heaven rejoices over people who are saved it doesn't wonder about how long it took them to get there or how many mistakes they made it just rejoices that they're there and you know let's turn to second peter chapter 3 So patience is key because we don't change other no- overnight, so we shouldn't expect other people to change overnight. And that's something that I personally struggle with. I can be an extremely critical person because I, I'm someone who always evaluates things. So that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing. A lot of times when I see someone do something, I'll tend to think, well, they should have done it this way. Or, well, it would be better for them to do it this way. Or, why won't they just do it this way? I told them this is the advice that I gave them. If they would just follow it, they wouldn't be having these problems. And that's not patience. You know, like I said, how many of us went back to camp this year and we were dealing with things again that we've already dealt with last year or maybe the year before that or maybe the year before that? And God is always so patient with us. His mercies are new Every single morning, every single day. So you know what? Our mercy and our patience should be new for other people every single day. When you're bringing friends to church and you're inviting friends to church, like I said, they're not going to understand the importance of coming to church. Well, why do I need to be there every week? You know, I got invited to do something else this Thursday night. I'd rather go to that. Why do I need to go to church? I'll come next week. It's fine. We've got to be patient with people like that. They didn't grow up in this church like us, and they don't know the importance of coming to church. They don't know the importance of reading their Bible. You know, why do I need to read my Bible? I don't know what it means anyway. I can't really understand it. I feel like I just need, like, a break right now. You know, I don't know. I just don't know about this whole church thing. 
we've got to not get frustrated with those people and just be patient because God is so patient with us. Sometimes he has to work, at least for me, he'll work on me in an area or, or dealing with an issue. Sometimes it will take months and months and months and years and years and years before I feel like, okay, I got that. Okay, I overcame that. Okay, I, I don't keep struggling with that anymore. God's patient with us. His chances are endless. His mercies are new every single day. And we've got to make sure that's how we view other people. My mercies for you are new every single day. My patience for you is new every single day. And I think Amzi talked about that, you know, last week. One thing you can do to encourage yourself is just to go through Galatians 5.22 and say, the Holy Spirit is producing this fruit in my life, and I am full of love. I am full of joy. I am full of peace. I am full of patience when it comes to fill in the blank of that annoying person I told you to think about. I'm full of kindness when it comes to them. I'm full of, you know, love and goodness, and I forgot the rest. Meekness, the vague meekness. Evan will talk about that next week. You know, I'm full of self-control when I respond to people I don't like. I'm full of self-control when I respond to people that are not my favorite. So just go through that verse and start encouraging yourself like that because you know what? The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you so you do have love and you do have joy and you do have peace. The place we've got to bring in the translation is pulling that out of ourself, (laughs) out of our spirit, and then walking in it in our life. The Holy Spirit is in us and these are the fruit of the Spirit. So we have these qualities in us. We've just got to learn to let them out in our lives. So 2 Peter chapter 3, we're going to wrap it up here. Let's take a look at verse 14. It says, And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his light. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. So as our church grows, as you're inviting friends, as you're meeting new people, your patience is going to give them time to be saved. Maybe they don't get saved the first time they come. Maybe they act like they're not even crazy about church the first time they come. Maybe it takes them six months or a year to start coming and and get saved. It says your patience and God's patience is going to give those people time to be saved. So thank you guys so much for listening to me tonight. Don't miss next week. It's going to be amazing. Evan's going to wrap up this series for us. And are there any announcements I need to make? Okay, I'll pray as we close tonight. Father, we thank you so much.